Welcome to the Be Filled Podcast. Together, we will explore the deepest desires of the human heart and how our Creator wants to fulfill your every longing. Join us as we explore the beautiful teaching of St. Pope John Paul II on the theology of the body. We are so excited you're here on the journey with us. Open your heart to be filled. This week, we're going to continue our conversation about freedom. Um, last week, the last episode, if you haven't listened to that, I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to episode four. Um, but we talked about the importance of freedom and that our ability to make choices freely um, is part of what it means to be a person. Um, but last week, we talked about freedom for license, which is the idea that basically I can do whatever I want. Um, and nobody can tell me what to do in summary with that. Um, and that we talked about how that can be rooted in fear, um, that if someone tells me what I need to do, it's going to restrict my freedom and I'll be less myself if I have to follow laws that are the same for everyone. Um, we talked about how, um, you know, it's possible that when we just follow our feelings and do whatever we feel like doing, we can actually become enslaved to our feelings and just kind of our whims. Um, and that really isn't true freedom. Um, so today we're going to really look at what is true freedom. Um, and we can look at that or one way to, um, think about that is freedom for excellence or freedom for happiness and flourishing. Um, so today we're going to take a look at the catechism of the Catholic Church at their at the church's definition of freedom and a little bit about John Paul II's teaching on freedom as it relates to truth. Um, so we have a lot to get into <laughs> today. It's really beautiful and if you don't have a copy of the catechism you actually can find it online um, i believe on the vatican website you can find it but also i encourage you to pick up an actual book <laughs> um, because um, it really is just so rich um, and even if you're not catholic um, I actually, I'm a convert to the church, which I don't even know if I've talked about that, but that is the first book I picked up um, when I was considering the church or just wanted to know about it. And I found myself um, really encouraged and that there's so much that's the same um, that I already believed. It's just worded in such a beautiful way. Um, but we're going to start at looking, there's an entire section in the catechism um, about freedom. Um, so in the catechism, it's number 1730, um, it begins kind of talking about um, why God gave us this ability to make our own choices, and it's really pr profound. So I'm going to read that, um, and then we'll discuss it. But it says, God created man a rational being, conferring on him the dignity of a person who can initiate and control his own actions. God willed that man should be left in the hand of his own counsel so that he might of his own accord seek his creator and freely attain his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. Man is rational and therefore like God. He is created with free will and is master over his acts. So, that is um, how that section begins. <laughs> and there's so much there just in that one little paragraph. 
But I was wondering, I was going to ask you ladies, what are your thoughts about this paragraph? And just as you ponder the reality that God gave us, he created us with this free will, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I had two main thoughts that came to my mind as I read through this. Uh, one is just a reminder that our actions are the visible expression of our interior being. Uh, humanity is, uh, our, our humanity is body and soul. And so our actions speak of who we are, our, our soul, and what we think and what we believe. So that's why we always want to make sure they're in harmony. You know, that is very important. The other thought that really came to me is that dignity is a gift from God. I think the word dignity is beautiful. So often when I, I hear the word dignity, I think of royalty, you know, the mm. most dignified people. True royalty is dignified. And we know that as sons and daughters of uh, Christ the King, we too are part of that royalty. So we should act in a dignified manner. So dignity is a gift from God. However, uh, how we live out our lives, that speaks of our own gift back to God. So to truly live in that dignity, to make sure that our actions are in harmony with our beliefs, uh, that, that message that God inscribed on our soul as we, we were brought into being. So those are two kind of main thoughts that came out of that paragraph for me. That's beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking about that section um, that Rochelle just read about um, man that he might of his own accord seek his creator and freely obtain his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. And for some reason I got stuck on the cleaving because when I think of a cleaver, I think of like a giant knife splitting something. And ironically, that's what Oxford Dictionary also <laughs> defines it as to split or sever. And I'm like, surely that's not what they mean here. And so then I had to, of course, go into like, okay, in the Bible, what does it mean? And then Google tells you, you know, something yeah. totally different. But it said, becoming one flesh with your spouse. I'm like, oh, that's so much better of an image than like the giant cleaver I had in my hand splitting something. So when you're seeking on your own accord, you're freely obtaining his full and blessed perfection by cleaving to him. You're becoming one flesh with your spouse. And then, because Brent and I are getting ready to get a whole new batch of um, couples for marriage prep, it reminded me of the wedding vow yeah. that everyone makes. And it says have the one of the questions you're asked when you're married in a Catholic wedding is have you come here freely and without reservation? And it just really struck me of like, yes, that's what God wants as well. He wants us to come to him freely without reservation. We don't want an arranged marriage. He doesn't want us to be forced to come to him. Like just as I wanted Brent to come to me freely in marriage, God wants us to come freely um, and then to cleave to him to become one flesh with him so that our decisions are the same ones he would want us to make um, so I was very glad that I dug into cleaving and didn't just leave it uh, with a question mark <laughs> wow that was amazing this is why I like listening to you guys first <laughs> whoa I don't even know if I have anything else to say but of course I have things to say but <laughs> 
That was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for looking at the dictionary. Yeah, it's so great. Well, the dictionary didn't help. But yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, thank you for digging into it more because <laughs> that was amazing. Wow. Um, so what I was thinking about, and this is like a reflection from the philosophy class I just took, but one of the things that really just grabbed me every single time he said it, Dr. Colosi, um, Dr. Peter Colosi is the um, professor that taught the class, just amazing. But he was talking about our human freedom, of course, like I already mentioned, is part of what is also um, demonstrates us being made in the image and likeness of God. And he talked about how we can't create out of nothing like God can. We can't speak and something appears. But in a certain sense, we are actually able to create ourselves um, by our choices. Um, and he talked about how, like, if we really understood how free we are, it should actually really scare us. <laughs> and we might not actually want to be that free, right? Yes. And that just that really stuck out to me just thinking about with every choice we he say we both reveal ourselves and create ourselves so we are showing who we are interiorly with our actions I think that's kind of what you were saying too sister um but we're also making ourselves into who we want to become based on whether we're seeking out virtue or vice right like what are we practicing um, and we know this, right? Like I was thinking about with our health, everybody knows with fitness and health that you create yourself yes. by what you do, whether you exercise or not, and what you eat, what you consume in your body, you are able to determine somewhat, except for like genetic you yeah. know, issues, <laughs> but like you know, if I choose to eat a Big Mac every day, there are consequences to that (laughs) versus a salad or, you know, whatever. So we can see that in our physical bodies, but it's also true in the spiritual sense in our interior life. And so I don't know, that just really, it's like I knew that, but hearing that um, really um, was super powerful and, and empowering, actually. That's part of why God gave us that is so we could create our lives and create who we want to be gratefully also he gives us a lot of grace (laughs) and we're not just like pulling ourselves up our bootstraps um to become virtuous i mean obviously he's given us so many graces through the sacraments and we're very grateful for that and lots of mercy too Mm -hmm. um so now we're going to move on to the definition in the catechism of freedom and this is there's a lot here it's one paragraph But we're actually, I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to kind of take it line by line because it's just a lot to unpack. And I just want to make sure that we cover all of it. So this is um, number 1731 in the Catechism. And it says, Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that. And so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. By free will, one shapes one's own life. Human freedom is a force for growth and maturity in truth and goodness. It attains its perfection when directed toward God, our beatitude. Or you could say happiness is another word for beatitude. Okay. So that is a lot, right? And it's a lot different than freedom in the sense of like, I do whatever I feel like doing. Um, So that first line, 
It says, I'll read that again. Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. So what were, what were some things that stuck out to you in that first line? For me as a teacher, <laughs> I think what came first and foremost to my mind is when I teach students just the importance of having an informed conscience. You know, God made us uh, and he gave us free will. And God also made us to choose the good. You know, God made us to reflect him, to choose the good. However, uh, we need to have an informed conscience so we truly know what is good and what is bad. Kind of going back to your food analogy, food is good. And I can't choose to eat that hamburger and that is good. But if I choose to eat it every day, um, there will be repercussions, consequences. Mm -hmm. And so we have to realize at what point, you know, what seems good to us is it's good tasting, but there are limits, you know, when that seemingly good may not be good. I see a bill that I do not want to pay, it comes in the mail, and I, I want to choose the good. I want to have money for something else I'd like to do, so I throw that bill away, and that makes it <laughs> go away in a sense, but we you know. end up in the dark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we know that that bill will be reissued, and I will get it again, so God is helping us. So when we have an informed conscience, whether it be about the very secular things or about the more heavenly uh, religious things, then we know what is truly good, and we can make you know, good decisions, things that will lead us towards God and not away from God. So that's kind of where my thoughts were on that that first line. Yes, yeah. I think okay. it's so good. And I think that's where we stop maybe at the first four words. Freedom is the power, <laughs> period. <laughs> True. And everyone rallies. Yes, we love freedom, power. And then, you know, we throw in the responsibility thing at the end, and that's where it goes back to those consequences we've been talking about, right? And I think what I, you know, what, so what is the difference, you know, to act and do what you want versus what you ought? And what's the, you know, what are the differences there? Because sometimes um, I think obviously knowing the difference between like, like you were saying, I love that. What what was it? The conscience? Freedom Informed conscience. Informed conscience. I've never heard those terms together. So thank you for teaching me today. <laughs> so I think that is so key because I think we often just choose things that seem so good and then we end up a slave to them. And I know that's a really good gut check for me every time. And like I think I've mentioned this a couple of times in a past episode was like, the te like the television was one that I was like every time I heard about like television being not great I'm like that's not true like you can have an hour break and then they invented Netflix where you can watch eight hours of a show and then all of a sudden you're a slave to that show I mean the day it's released and you need to block out like the entire eight hours you're yelling at your kids to close the door like and then you're like oh my gosh what just happened like how did I become a slave to this show it started as this perfectly good thing and all of a sudden I'm rearranging my entire schedule for it and then you step back and you go nope this wasn't good like <laughs> And so I love, um, I love that informed conscience because the more I feel like we're in tuned to that, the more we can catch that before we get too, uh, 
too far down the road. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I can connect with so many things you guys are saying, and um, the words that stuck out to me were rooted in reason and will, also deliberate responsibility. Like those words stuck out to me because I was reflecting on how I used to live and that I did not use my power of freedom in that way. Um, I really, my actions were often rooted in just emotional reactions um, to things that were going on around me. And truly, I think I was often trying to avoid pain or pursue pleasure. <laughs> um, those were kind of the guiding, um, I guess, the, uh, the themes for me. Um, just that desire for control and comfort um, came up a lot. And so I wasn't really rooted in reason and will. Um, so I think that I, and I thought that I was acting freely and I've talked about that a little bit. I talked about that in the last episode some, um, but there are things that can happen in our lives that do limit that ability and that power. Um, you guys know that I have that psychology background (laughs) and therapy. So this is where that kind of comes out a little bit, but I mean, a lot of people have experienced trauma in their lives, which can limit their ability to make truly free choices. Um, Sometimes we just aren't brought up knowing how to use our reason and our will. Um, And so, you know, that can be another limitation. And then, of course, we all have that limitation of concupiscence, which is that fancy word (laughs) that means our kind of our tendency um, towards sin. Um, So we are all somewhat limited in that power um, because of the fall and just brokenness um, in the world around us and in ourselves. Um, But Jesus did call us to be free. He came to set us free um, and to restore us so that we can learn how to do that, how to just respond to life and to use our reason and our will. And of course, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) which comes and fills us and gives us that ability to know what is really true and what is good. Um, So those were some of the thoughts um, that I had about that. Um, Let's go to the next line, which is, by free will, one shapes one's own life. Um, And this was sort of what I was saying earlier about how you kind of decide what direction you're going to go in. I don't know if you had any other reflections about that, about shaping your own life. Well, uh, really, when you look at the, again, the whole concept of free will, uh, what I prayed about was the whole idea that free will largely is our freedom to choose and to unite our will to God's will. God desires us to be in heaven, and that's why we were created, to, to enjoy the beatific vision with him for all eternity. And so then, as I'm praying about that, what is all, you know, God one and desiring for us. I came back to the the three uh, transcendentals, uh, truth, beauty, and goodness. And that's what God wants for us. And when we truly live in that freedom that God calls us to, those are the things that we should be reflecting. And those are the things that always lead us back to God. Um, You know, God loves us so much that he desires us to be with him in heaven. And so if we are truly, if we don't cling to our, our, you know, human will, you know, just thinking we have all the answers, and if we truly open our will uh, to what God wants, that's where we really truly have that full, um, the fullness of God. We, we get to truly shape our own life and the fact that we are 
it seems contradictory. We are truly uh, filling our life to its fullness when we're not clinging to it, when we're, we're letting go. Because when I know there have been times in my own life, you know, that I've really, I've always enjoyed whatever work I've been given to do. And every time I've been asked to move, I've never wanted to, you know. Yeah. But when I have finally, you know, given my will over, that's when I find something more beautiful. God has always made me very happy, and I have been thrilled with everything I've gotten to do and people I've gotten to meet. Um, but that is, that free will is giving up that will so that we can be more united to God. That's mm, kind of where my mind went. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. Oh, I love that. I wish I had someone telling me exactly <laughs> what <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's, it seems better, but I think the second part of that is your receptivity and your response to it and um I think that's what's so beautiful about it it's it's almost like the opposite of the victim mentality you know of like oh all these things keep happening to me and I just have to grit my teeth and bear it it's just no I have the freedom to choose how I'm going to respond Mm -hmm. how I'm going to accept or reject and I think that's why the growth mindset, you know, is so popular with kids, you know, like teaching them like, well, you know, whatever happens, you can always look at the opportunity or look where you can grow in this. You know, it's a secular kind of uh, viewpoint, but it's completely tied into this, like however you choose to respond to a situation is what's going to make it positive or negative. So choose the positive. I mean, that's, I I definitely see that with you, sister, and everything that comes your way and how openly you um, take on all of the challenges that that come your way. So it's very, uh, I think, inspiring for all of us to to try and strive after as well. (laughs) Sure. Thank you so much for that. Um, So the next line, um, I think is especially powerful and kind of informs us about like what is freedom supposed to do? Does it have a purpose? Um, It says human freedom is a force for growth and maturity in truth and goodness. It attains its perfection when directed toward God, our beatitude. So I was reflecting on this, and it actually reminded me of um, another class I took from the Theology of the Body Institute, and um, Father Joseph Koopman taught it, and he was just wonderful, a moral theologian, but just very gifted and giving lots of examples and um, making it very real. But he was talking about how freedom is more than just the ability to choose among a whole bunch of different options, that it actually has direction. It has purpose. That is what it's meant to do. And he said, freedom finds its meaning only when it directs us toward that which is perfective of us, that which makes us excellent, namely goodness and truth, which is ultimately found in God, which is basically just another way of saying (laughs) what the catechism says. Um, But I love that. that And just like what you're saying, Katie, that it is an opportunity for growth whenever we bump up against a difficult time or decision or whatever. Um, so we can learn how to direct it in that way. Um, so just as for me in my little journey of life, um, I was reflecting about when have I felt the most free? 
Um, and I've already shared kind of about like when I wasn't free, when I was constantly like just reacting to life and everything. But for me, um, I became truly free and happy when I started getting really honest about my weaknesses. Um, and I've learned how to be attentive to that interior life. Um, especially my emotions. I am a big feeler, like a really big feeler. And I've always been that way, just very um, in tune with my feelings, feeling them deeply and other people's feelings, all the feelings. It's super fun. Um, <laughs> part of what led me to psychology, I'm sure. Um, but my should... God gave you two girls. Oh, yes. <laughs> you also have big feelings. Fun. Anyways, it is fun. I'm learning a lot for sure and growing, but um, so I never really knew quite what to do with all that, you know, and so they got directed in a lot of different ways, but through the healing journey that I've been on, um, I learned how to pause, um, and just to stop whenever disturbed, um, whatever that looks like, whether I was anxious or angry or whatever it was, if there was some disturbance within me, I learned how to pause um, and bring God into that with me rather than as opposed to just feeling it and then trying to cover it up somehow or react and do something about it right in that moment, which is what I had been doing, which, by the way, doesn't work very well at all. <laughs> in case, spoiler alert, it's terrible. I really, you know, and I certainly had good intentions and I, I wasn't trying to be, um, I wanted to be a good person and I wanted to live this Christian life, but um, I didn't know how to properly respond to all of that. So um, so it was very intense at first because I was disturbed all the time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I did a lot of journaling. I mean, I would literally, and I don't know how I was working full time and doing this. I'm not sure because I was an adult working. But I would literally like bring my journal with me. And like anytime something came up, I just had to stop. Wow. And like just open my journal. And I had very specific sort of prompts that I would work through um, whenever something came up, but it would just give me that moment to invite God in, to get honest about what was happening, um, and to learn from those feelings about myself. I, I became almost like a student of myself, which was really cool. Um, but it's not, the purpose isn't just to like learn about yourself, like you're navel gazing or something. Like it's not just this psychological exercise. I mean, the purpose is to direct yourself back to God and to allow him to reveal like what is happening in there? Yes. Like, where am I afraid? Cause usually it was fear. Like when mm -hmm. I got down to it, like what was really happening, there was some sort of really core fear happening mm -hmm. there, like fear of abandonment or rejection, you know, things like that. Um, and so over time I didn't have to journal every time because I just kind of went through that process internally and I would recognize more quickly like, oh, I'm just afraid of rejection right now or, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like, And so through the, all of that, I grew in intimacy with the Lord and I stopped wreaking havoc probably <laughs> on other people because I would not need to just immediately fix it or, you know, address whatever was going on with someone else. So um, that's just been such a gift. And I think, and I share that to say that this ability to do that is what sets us apart from other creatures, right? Other animals, um, we're not animals, but from the animals that we can pause and like sit with our feelings and notice them and think about them 
and invite God into that space. Like that is that is really remarkable when you really think about that, that we're able to do that. So, okay, yeah, that was a lot. I, I mean, I love thoughts? that you <laughs> that you could acknowledge it and have enough discipline to make it a an automatic reaction and um, to get to that point. I mean, I think it provides people a lot of hope that, like, you know, you won't have to stop and journal every single time for the rest of your life, yeah. that you're you're teaching yourself a skill and you're, you're re- you know, you're learning it all um, so that it is, even though you're you're like, okay, it's not our reaction and our instinct necessarily, but you did create kind of a habit out of it. And it reminds me of, like, when I was listening to the Abiding Together podcast, our friend, Sister Miriam James, she mm-hmm. always would say, you know, every time I reacted to someone and my reaction was really negative or really um, sudden, abrupt, and she said, I would always just step back and go, Lord, what is it in me that is causing me this much rage inside right now? And so I think that is just such a turn from, like, instead of blaming the other person, mm-hmm. like, how dare they upset me this much? You're turning it in on yourself and saying, what is it in me <coughs> that needs to be redirected or that needs to be you know, changed because then, I mean, that's ultimate freedom, right? You're never relying on the other person to not upset you anymore. Right. You're relying mm-hmm. on yourself by God's grace to be able to react to it differently. Yeah, absolutely. So I could definitely relate. Yeah, for sure. The only thing I would add, because I think you both really have summarized it well, <laughs> is when I was reading that, the whole idea of, it says for growth and maturity, and I think maturity is so important. Um, you know, when we're little children, you know, we're worried about our own little world, you know, and, and how I feel about things and are my needs being met. Yeah. But I think as we mature, both physically and in the spiritual life, our gaze is other way, uh, other outside. You know, we're looking at other people, you know, what God would want and so forth. And so I think that's the freedom is that our gaze goes to our beloved, goes to the things that would be of interest to him, the well-being of others. And it's just that maturity growing and our circle of concern, our, our circle of love and joy just continues to grow and encompass more of, of God's world. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I mean, it does make it more clear whenever you first look inward, like whether I need to, like maybe I need to set a boundary with someone. Maybe I do need to address this issue, but I first need to take a look at what's going on Mm -hmm. with me so that I can clearly see like, okay, you know, is it just me and my reactions and I need to just let that go or do I need to um, respond to someone? So super helpful. I'm very great. And by the way, I have a lot of help. I did not do this all by myself. (laughs) I had lots of support, just other people that were further along in the journey that taught me how to do that. And um, I couldn't have done it by myself. There's no way. I mean, the importance of community and all of this is vital. We're not meant to walk alone. We're just not. Can't do it. Yeah, it's not possible. It always reflects the Trinity. (laughs) I mean, it's possible, but it doesn't go well. (laughs) You try to do it all the time. Okay. So we're going to kind of shift gears in our last uh, little bit here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about John Paul II and his um, idea about the truth about good. I think I mentioned it in the last episode a little bit, but he talks about a law of freedom, which he calls the truth about good. 
And one way to think about it that might be helpful, um, he talks about if, if a person follows Christian moral teaching because somebody has forced it on them, maybe they just have a lot of fear or, or it's just a sense of duty and obligation about it, they're outwardly living in the truth, right? They're living through in the objective truth, but they haven't been liberated by the truth. They haven't been set free. It actually is oppressive to them. Um, and he taught that Christians act freely when they understand the truth and choose it. Um, and Jesus said, if you, he says this in John chapter eight, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. First of all, God wants us to know it, and he makes himself known. He doesn't want us, like I think you were saying that earlier, Katie, like he doesn't want us to just follow whatever he says just because he says it. Like he truly does want us to understand and to choose that. He didn't come to just oppress us with a bunch of rules. And so one thing that's very important to understand John Paul II and the way that he writes and the way that he teaches is that he really felt strongly that we cannot impose revealed truth on other people, but we propose it to them through inspirations and thoughtful arguments. We just share what's been revealed. We present it to others. And he felt so strongly and he felt so confident about what is true. He knew that it would just reveal itself to people. Um, and so he didn't feel like he had to push it on people all the time. Um, and I just think this is so important. And we talked about last time, too, about like why theology, the body, that text is so powerful. And what we love about it so much is that that's the way he presents it. He just presents the beautiful truth to you. And through your lived experience, you may find that you resonate with what he's saying and you know the truth of that and how powerful um, that is. So um, what reflections do you ladies have about that? Have you had any experience with the gospel being presented to you either in a coercive way or in a, a persuasive way? What are kind of some of your experiences that you've had with that in your life? Well, I will say as a little kid, you know, thinking of lunch, <laughs> you're going too fast or you're going to give up TV or something. There's a lot of rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it did seem like oppressive, like, oh, draft, we're not going to watch that TV show during uh, lunch or something. Or we always had popcorn on uh, Saturday night. And it's like, oh, we don't get to have that during lunch, you know. So it did seem oppressive. But then there is the other aspect, I think, you know, that um, – our parents, you know, they did choose some penances for us, but then we each individually got to choose a penance. So there was a beauty that we also got to share, you know, okay? So there's a certain point that you had to do, and there were certain roles maybe the church gave you uh, or your parents gave you, but then there was also a part that they were helping you grow in um, this. We might give up candy or, or just chocolate or, or desserts or whatever it may be. And then you got to see the beauty of that penance. You got to see, I chose it freely, and how maybe it helped me grow in some virtue, or it helped me appreciate candy all the more at Easter time, yeah. or next time we got to have popcorn and watch TV, how much more I appreciated it because I was taking a step away. And so there was truth in the fact that 
discipline, disciplining our appetites was a good thing. And so I, I think as a little kid, I mean, when we read the Bible, we see Jesus talk about the letter and the spirit of the law. Mm-hmm. There is the letter of the law yeah. that sometimes we do need to follow, but it can't be at the expense of the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. so we just have to, you know, it's better. Um, I remember when I was, you know, adult, an adult and thinking, oh, I'll give up tea because I'm a real tea drinker. And I thought I'd do that for Lent. And then I found out it made me very crappy. <laughs> and I thought, my penance should not become other people's penances. So then I thought, even though it's a letter of the law said I should give up something, I realized I need to make sure I stay in the spirit. So um, I should make it obvious to other people that I'm yes. suffering. And so I could I could unite that with, okay, I'll choose something else. Uh, so that's kind of the, the, the beauty of it there. It can There can be a very oppressive sense to it. But there also is something that's very beautiful and liberating uh, when we are uh, giving it as a, a reason back to God to, to sacrifice for Him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. beautiful. I have made my Lent everyone else's <laughs> Lent as well. <laughs> We're all going to suffer with me today, okay? Well, I, I'm, a, I'm a rule follower, so I'm like, just give me the list of rules and I'll, I'll follow them. But this question really made me think about, you know, the difference. Like, And I think sometimes I would be following, but then my heart would change when I better understood it. And I absolutely love John Paul II's um, way of showing the beauty and... I wish that um, we could talk to Patty about this right now, but I think one of the most beautiful um, examples that I had seen on one of, I think, uh, a difficult church teaching that a lot of people deal with is natural family planning, and Patty and John both teach that, and I mean, they were the perfect example of taking it from this church teaching of like, don't, 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 Mm -hmm. to then I had the fortune of going to one of their um, classes and they were very much the other way. They were like, look at how this teaching from the church made us fall more in love with each other. And then they demonstrated the love in front of us and we were like yes if our marriage is going to be like that then we want that so it totally wasn't I mean obviously they had to go through the steps and the rules that come with it but they started with Mm -hmm. showing us what it would be like afterwards and so once you saw the fruit you were like yes show me how to garden let's go (laughs) and and so I think that's what John Paul II is trying to do with every part um, of teaching us. Yeah, for sure. That is so good. Oh, we are really running late, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. Um, it did make me think what you guys were talking about. I just I hadn't really thought about the aspect of maturity and all this too, but it is true yes. that when you are immature, you do need more guidance and guidelines. And it may, I mentioned last time about 12 step program, like one of, there's lots of little catchphrases that we used a lot, but one of them was take the actions and the feelings will follow. Because when you're coming from a place of like constantly just like doing whatever you feel like doing, you almost have to like dry out from that and learn how to just do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Trusting that, 
those the feelings and the desire for that will develop over time and the understanding and the longing will develop over time right so but there is a point where you just have to do it and trust that like eventually I'm going to want to do this right and so I think that's true and just remember that our will is not equal to our emotions yeah you know so I think you're you're very wise in that that you we can choose to forgive somebody even though the feelings may not be there right away but that doesn't mean we haven't forgiven right but it is a process and we might need to keep in our mind forgiving them so that the emotions do follow so I think you're very wise Mm -hmm. there yeah so yes I'm very wise no I didn't mean I was very wise we're getting to the end I'm getting tired no um but I was just as far as like just recognizing truth I just I'm gonna just very briefly say that definitely when I was reading through um, the text of theology of the body there would be moments where I just had to stop and like sit with it because I would read something that just pierced my heart, like just with the beauty and the truth of it. And it's hard to even, I was trying to come up with a specific example, but it's very difficult to then express an experience like that because it's so interior and it's just so deeply personal. But I hope that our listeners know what I'm talking about, just when you're pierced by truth and beauty and goodness, and it sparks in us a deep desire for whatever that is, that truth, that beauty, that goodness. Like, I want that. That's who I want to be. That's how I want to live. That's how I'm supposed to be. Um, and so I that happened a lot um, reading through this. So I really hope that as we're going through this journey, um, if you will open yourselves up um, and just allow God to pierce you with truth and beauty and don't be afraid of that. And even if you bump up against something that you're like, uh, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want that to be true. Like, don't run away from it. Like, pray with it. You know, God knows your heart and he wants to reveal truth to you. So just pray with that and ask him like, Lord, I don't like that. <laughs> and please help me to understand what it is in me that is rejecting that right now help me to see help me to be open help me to trust you like those really just oh honest open prayers like he will answer that prayer there is no doubt i get emotional when i think about it because he's just so good and so tender um and so sometimes you have to ask for the willingness to be willing right Right. like right well and acknowledging it i mean yeah we call it pebbles like, yeah. I sometimes tell God, okay, I'm going to put this pebble in my shoe and I'm going to walk around on it. And so every time I notice it, I'll be like, well, that hurt. I, I still feel the pebble in my shoe, but I'm not ready to take it out yet. <laughs> and then it, finally you're like, okay, Lord, you've revealed this. how painful <laughs> this pebble is enough. Yeah. I'm going to take it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So God meets you wherever you are. Um, and, um, Yes. And so wherever you are on the journey, I'm just so happy that you're listening um, and do not be afraid. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. We can be reached by email at befilledpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. There you can find additional encouragement in between episodes. Also, be sure to check out our show description for links to resources we discuss in the show, as well as questions for deeper reflection. Until the next episode, God bless.